Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today we are talking about, mm, who knows really what episode it is now, (laughs) seven, eight, nine of our Uh, feminism series. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a lot of episodes. Yeah, this is our discussion of Picard. This has been long awaited. Yeah, so some of that feeling is because we've been delayed in doing this recording because I have been recovering from COVID, LOL. Um, I am on my best day so far, though, so I'm hoping that my voice holds out. And if I start to sound a little hoarse at the end, know that I'm doing it for you. Um, Literally, she's incredible. (laughs) Like, I don't know how many podcasters record while they have COVID, so you're amazing. I mean, I was thinking about a couple podcasters that we know that had to delay their guests or had a delay coming on the show because they had COVID and things like that. Yeah. So I feel you and it's not easy for anyone. So I hope everyone who's sick because there is a big old rush right now. I hope everyone's doing okay. And I send love to you. I'm finally back at work tomorrow, which I'm not happy about. I kind of want to stay home longer. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I'm also going to be going to Colorado next week with Rihanna. We will be reunited once more. Woo-hoo. And because uh, I'm having my bachelorette party and my bridal shower next week in Colorado. So there's going to be even more delays. But we're hoping to get this episode out to you before we go off to Colorado. So you'll have some time to enjoy it. And hopefully you've been taking this time to check out our watch list, which of course we always post either at the same time that we post the podcast or a little bit before. So you have time to prepare for our book club that we have <laughs> literally so we have still a couple more episodes of the feminism series and then we will be discussing the first episode of strange new worlds as we continue to expand our pilot series so the delay gives you even more time to listen to all the episodes in the pilot series if you haven't heard them yet yeah and the other reason we're really excited too is because it it seems like every time practically we start a new series we have to add on another episode for a new show like it's been crazy these past few months and I'm just so happy to like now get to talk about Strange New Worlds as well so this is your sign to go and catch up on all of new Trek like if you're not caught up on Picard for this episode you better do it because it could be spoilers abound we're gonna be talking about the most recent finale as well so yeah this is just your time to catch up on everything exactly yeah I'm really excited it worked out that the Picard finale got to air at the same week that we were recording this it felt amazing very great timing for us and also just exciting to talk about the most updated episodes especially now that we're gonna have a hiatus for what a year till the next season or more I'm not sure so yeah I'm very excited to talk about the finale at the end of this episode today ish we might talk about it sooner (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean it's just really exciting Ashlyn and I were able to watch it together over Zoom. That was super fun. Well, Rihanna, I was thinking about this question while I was rewatching these episodes. Out of all the men in Picard, which one do you think drinks the most respect women juice? This is tough because I feel like there were so many men, men abound really in Discovery. And now we're sort of to a show 
that has a lot of female characters, but it's definitely still very dominantly male or male run. Men have a lot of roles of power in this show. And so I was thinking about it a lot, but you know, I'm going to have to go with Elnor. Um, this is, seems like to me the obvious answer at one, because he's my favorite Picard character. So I'm like super biased, similar with Saru. But I think also, I just think if you're raised by the Guatemala, you're going to drink your juice every morning with breakfast. So like, it's just very obvious and clear that he never underestimates any of the women on the show. And I think that literally comes from having strong women in his life to show and pave, pave the way for him. And that's a huge thing to like cutting down on toxic masculinity is having strong female figures in younger boys' lives. You know, and it sucks that like men should not have to make that lesson just from having a strong woman around. But I think sometimes it really reinforces that. And for Elnor particularly, he is just so feminist and so ready to just protect everyone and fight with everyone. (laughs) So it's amazing. Ashlyn, what about you? I think that's a great answer. I was just rolling through all the men in my mind. And really, that is probably the best answer. I have said Picard, or maybe Worf, I said during Next Generation, like, I feel like Picard is normally up there pretty high. But I think because this is his series, we're dealing more with his issues. Mm -hmm. And so I haven't really enjoyed the way he interacts with women as much as I normally have. I think he doesn't support them as much as he has in the past. And that has been interesting to see but i think again it's because he's so self-consumed with everything going on so i want to say picard i'm gonna have to go with shaban though yes (laughs) thank you ashla this is an out-of-pocket and amazing answer that is probably as good as elnor wow well i would say elnor but like just to be different i i think jaban i mean we see him interact with one female actually two because he interacts with um, dodge Dodge. as well Mm -hmm. so (laughs) we don't see him very much but he does great things for women it seems he he listens and gives them space (laughs) gone too soon yeah yeah Yeah. wow and i Fairly. Wow, fix their brakes. <laughs> um. <laughs> also, I uh, I heard the most recent episode of Dear Hank and John today, and John was literally on the set of uh, Turtles All the Way Down, and there was like oh a construction <laughs> like happening behind me. It was like a big truck was backing up with the brakes, Wild. and it was crazy. And I was like, Hank, like take control of the situation. Like, literally, you, what's going on? And John was like, We're just out here living it. <laughs> So that's that's when you know you have no time to record. <laughs> well, exactly. Like there's no time for them to record, and so I'm glad at least like if we hear any weird background noises, it's not like a semi truck or a construction yeah. truck like doing some crazy stuff. But also the fact that it is on the movie set makes it totally fine in my book. Oh, so. I totally agree. And John's like sitting on a bucket. It was very a very Amazing. great episode. <laughs> I love that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I'll say Jabon. I mean, it's Elnor. It's sometimes Picard. It's not soon. It's not any soon. Oh, God. Never. <laughs> Has it ever been? No. Oh, no. Since so 2024 all the way up to, God, what was his last, I guess, Picard? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we just saw. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's a great answer, Ashlyn. And I am very excited for this episode. So we are going to be talking about quite a lot of women and four of them 
are played by Issa Briones. <laughs> For Soji and Daj and Sutra and Kore, we watched Remembrance, Impossible Box, In Arcadia Ergo Part 1. Don't watch Part 2 like I did. And then <laughs> realize that like she's barely in it and have to oh, go no. back to Part 1. So don't do that. <laughs> and then Mercy. And then after the Issa Briones team section, <laughs> section yeah. we're going to go on to Kestra, which of course we watched Nepenthe. And then Gerardi, we saw two of one, Hide and Seek, and Scenes from Assimilation. And then it's the Coop Malat where we watched Absolute Candor. And then for Guinan, we watched The Stargazer, The Watcher, Monsters, and Mercy, followed by Rafi, of course, with The End is the Beginning, and then Broken Pieces. And we are going to close it off with Seven of Nine, where we watched Stardust, City Rag, and Pentinence. Woo! Wow, Ashlyn, you were so good at reading episode titles. Thank you for doing that. You know, I've been doing it for about 60 episodes now. I feel like sometimes <laughs> you read it too, and I think either way it's just oh, as good. Oh, it's once in a blue moon though, so. <laughs> I wish, I'm about to take a drink of beer, and I wish it was blue moon just for your pun, oh, but alas. That would be hilarious. We'll just have to move too. on. <laughs> yeah. She's got not a boot today, but similar vibes. That's a big jug of beer. Um, This is my Oktoberfest mug yeah more like a stein i like it, I think it yeah it doesn't have the lid <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay well yeah so as we were saying soji daj sutra and kore are essential viewing for our feminism series and of course we're going to be starting out with daj in the episode remembrance which is the pilot of picard how many times have we talked about this episode and I'm still thrilled every time? <laughs> I think that it's the best episode of Picard sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. every time Most I go back time. to watch this and I think, oh, I have such like up and down emotions about Picard. But whenever I see the pilot, I'm just weeping and yep. s- just filled with so many emotions. Yeah, literally. Like the nostalgia too is just perfect. It's a, it's a perfect episode. Yeah. And so one of the things that makes it so wonderful is the character of Dodge. And I first just want to talk about Issa Briones a little bit because she talked about shooting the pilot for this episode at Mission Chicago um, and how she was pretty nervous to be on the set with Patrick Stewart and doing all of these really intimate scenes where she's like shouting at him and um, he's having to like calm her down and everything. They're like really emotional scenes. And so when she went in to record that episode or tape it or whatever, LOL, I'm so in podcast mode, mm-hmm. she said that like they're right in the middle of this scene and then a plane flies over and they're like, cut, you know, and then she's like, oh my God, like I, I have to get back in that moment again. And Patrick Stewart literally told her, he's like, we're right here together. I'm here with you or something like that. And oh, it just like makes me so happy to think about like, a very seasoned actor like helping a rather new actor like come into the this set and feel really comfortable and and anyway so it just like really tells you so much about Issa Briones as well that like she was off the bat ready to get into this really deep character and really give her so much life for the one episode that we were you know ripped away from her after like it's it's incredible to think that she created this whole character and then she did the uh, casting director and everything told her, okay, so then you'll be Soji. 
and she's like looking through she's like soji who's that they're like oh her twin (laughs) like they didn't tell her until later she's like okay i'm playing twins now so the fact that like she didn't even know until soon before filming also shows just like how incredible she is so anyway as always i'm strouting out isa brionis and um yeah i love her so yeah and not to bring drama to the podcast but i have been seeing a lot of isa brionis hate that just not really giving her the respect that she's due a lot of people have been saying that she doesn't really do a good job portraying all these different synths and Mm -hmm. to me i just like i even feel the difference between soji and dodge Um, very much so yeah you know and even that's even more amazing and i didn't know that she didn't know (laughs) that she was playing twins like that makes me have more respect for her um and because i thought even though she's playing all of these different characters who look alike and who are all synths i still feel like each and every one of them has a completely different vibe and like background to them so i yeah again just shout out to her i think she does great no matter what people say (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Those people just don't respect her, and I don't respect them. So. Yeah, boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first scene that we see her is her with her boyfriend, R.I.P., a beautiful Zahian man. <laughs> um, and she is telling him that she got into Daystrom Institute, which is, of course, really cool because we know that Soji is currently on the Borg Cube doing the reclamation project and that Maddox sort of sent them into directions of like robotics and Soji on a similar path. And so it it was really interesting though, because like you said, I feel like they are really different. And I think that Dodge has this more inherent trust in people. I I mean, Soji obviously trusts Narek, but I think it's interesting that she trusts and has this sort of like activation to go to Picard, but Soji never has that. She doesn't even know Picard, but Dodge says, everything inside of me said I would be safe with you to Picard. Yeah, I thought that their paths were really different also, and I thought that was interesting because I'm pretty sure Maddox wanted them to go on these very specific paths, and so it makes me wonder what his end goal was yeah, I mean, I think, at least from the book, like, he was sort of wanting them to figure out their android self on their own. So maybe he was leading them towards, like, hey, look into more of this stuff, and then you'll realize the similarities. I feel like Dodge, if she had gone to the Daystrom Institute, she might have been, like, a prodigy, you know, and created all these yeah. fantastic things, and maybe could have started turning the tide for synthetic research to be more accepted. Yeah, you know? the band to be lifted. Yeah, and then... Yeah, I just think it's so interesting that Soji's working on the Borg cube, too. I think also Soji, when she was activated, she didn't really have time to, like, have the Picard Yeah, um, that's a good point. Fever, and I Before feel like... Before he was there. Yeah, because yeah. he was just there. Um, and so I wonder if, she, if he had not been there, if that still would have happened for her or not. Yeah, but I also wonder, because even when Dodge first saw Picard, she immediately was like, I know you, and you know me. And he's like, how do I? You know, it's like this crazy, like, kindred spirit moment almost. And I think with Soji, I think maybe it was the activation happening before then. But also Dodge was activated too. So I just think it's interesting because maybe she wasn't patterned to go to Picard. Maybe only Dodge was. Or I don't know. maybe the betrayal of what had just happened with Narek mm. was so jarring to her that she was just like not trusting any of her instincts, you know, That's because such a good she point. was feeling so much like 
body dysphoria and like yeah. life dysphoria like you know yeah. like am i real nothing matters this is all a joke you know Literally, that i feel like she was not so connected true. to herself at all beautifully said yeah, yeah i agree i just feel like i fall in love with dodge right away and mm-hmm. it's so awful when she dies in the end of this episode because yeah she's really cool she trusts picard and i think as viewers who are seeing this episode for the first time or even just starting a rewatch we want to trust and love picard because we know how awesome he is and so to yeah. see a character who has such good like chemistry with him i think it's just really enticing to see on screen absolutely and the fact that she does believe picard pretty quickly when she when he's like you're an android and data is your father um and i don't know how but we'll figure it out you know and i think that that is very hard to trust but also she started to hear things a block away and when she activated she like killed all those romulans and that would be like, okay, there's definitely something going on, so I guess I'll believe him. But yeah, I think you're right. It's also about the inherent trust. And and also the fact that she's really noble in this way that she runs away from Picard Chateau before morning because she thinks, like, I shouldn't endanger other people. Yeah, I think that says a lot about her and also that she's really smart. And so she's able to put other people's needs above her own, which is like... Yeah, like you said, very noble, very brave. Yeah. Um, she can take care of herself, but also she knows that she does need protection. Yeah, like she has such a good balance of that. Yeah, it's just so fascinating to see these subtleties and just to see how, yes, I think there's a lot of data in Soji, but I think we see more subtleties of, of data in Dodge and of her like android identity. It's really cool. And I've talked about this in the pilot episode, but... I still just watch out for it, knowing now, of course, that she's a synth. And, like, it's fascinating. I love it. It's amazing to me you can remember what you said in the pilot episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's now well over a year and a half ago. I'm just so proud of you. I could not tell you you. a word I said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we also had a hiccup in that. We had to record it twice, so. Oh, so you really remember. You're like, that point, I had to say it again. I had to say it. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I think it's just so interesting because Dodge does become a stranger to herself, but she still protects Picard with her life and literally saves his life. It's just incredible. Yeah, I think something else I just love to see is that Picard is so nice to her and so kind. So I just have to do, I do have to shout out his reception to her is so warm and he's trying to just say, hey, you can trust me. And she really believes him. Um, it's beautiful I also felt really sad for her when she was trying to figure out like who she is Um, and she has that scene you know like Rihanna mentioned where she says I can hear blocks away Um, I was able to track you down which is crazy which requires security codes and then she says I'm a freak and he's like you're not a freak and she's like well I'm I'm uh, schizophrenic and he's like no you're an android (laughs) yeah so I can I see her like trying to rationalize you know everything that it could be and i feel like that is so often our first reaction is oh i'm different than so many people around me i'm a freak and yeah i just i'm i hope we can all someday like shut down that reaction like we're such uh such creatures of we want to be accepted and loved by everyone we meet and it's okay like our survival doesn't depend on that anymore family (laughs) yeah exactly yeah that is so true, Ashlyn. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, it's sad. It's interesting, and I, I think when we see Soji in these other episodes, um, I still like her because of Dodge. And I think mm-hmm. I bring Dodge's personality to Soji a lot mm-hmm. um, because... I don't know, like, I think the only time that starts to turn is when she is on Nepenthe and she's so confused about her situation and doesn't want to trust Picard at all. That really drives me crazy because I want her to trust Picard and I know everything's going to be fine. Mm. But I also understand, or I can't possibly understand what she's going through, but I can sympathize with her. Totally. And the fact that, like, it's literally on the heels of Narek's betrayal that Picard shows up and is just like, let's get out of here, go through random transwarp conduit, beaming device thing. And like exactly what you were saying where she is like talking to Troy and saying, you being nice makes me trust you less because that's how Narek was to me. And it's true. I mean, the problem is, is that Narek fell in love with her. And so he let out a softer side of himself that probably not a lot a lot of Romulans show especially to people they know are synths and so he has this like complex has these complex feelings for her and so of course she picked up on those feelings of love and I think was starting to love him back and so it's even worse and so I think it's just it makes so much sense that like this would be her reaction you know is to I'm gonna just shut down not trust anybody and just try to stay alive Oh, it totally makes sense. Absolutely. Um, And I, yeah, we'll say it later about Kestra. I think also a great scene with Soji is when she starts realizing that everything she has is only 37 months old. Um, She's scanning her old school pictures, which also I just love that she has her childhood drawings with her on the board cube. Right. Which should be a sign that (laughs) <laughs> something might have something been. is weird because you don't yeah. generally take like your childhood drawings mm-hmm. to work with you and hang them up right. <laughs> yeah so true I think maybe at first when I saw that before like as we were watching the uh, episode in real time I was like is she just really homesick you know like dang she does have like an entire wardrobe but she's also living on this board cube which is like pretty lifeless and scary I think though that yeah like that scene is really beautiful and I know Picard season one gets a lot of hatred and I'm just here to say like I really like it (laughs) um and these are the some of the scenes why like this first scene like you're saying where she's looking at all these photos and stuff and I think it's really hard too because even her sister she doesn't know is real and I would lose my mind if I had to question if Ashlyn was real you know and so uh, I really empathize (laughs) yeah geez like it's horrible yikes um yeah, so Soji, Soji's journey into her self-discovery is so scary and abrupt, you know, that, like, I just really wish that Maddox had done this better because, like, he's pretty much, like, traumatizing Soji, not on purpose, but this is, like, in his programming to make it these, you know, the subconscious kind of still is giving her these questions of who she is but it's terrifying you know and I'm like you shouldn't be afraid of your father in even in your dreams you know and so it just is really interesting that like soon and Maddox creating <laughs> these two had sort of this manipulative properties over Soji like I think too about the, the mom the holographic mom is like so scary to me that like she only what how long are her calls only like 90 seconds or something and then she falls asleep every time 70 like, seconds I don't remember yeah I don't know something about that 
for me is really chilling and it like just has sort of that taste in my mouth of like oh this is like Maddox's way to control them and make sure they don't find out about themselves too early or something yeah I think that's probably what it is it's just yeah so they don't activate too soon but I don't really think it's meant to be creepy Mm -hmm. so I kind of disagree with you on that I think that he knew that they would be strong enough to survive this news Mm -hmm. and would want to come home and would want to seek out and would want to find him and would want to find her sisters, brothers and sisters. And so that's why that dream is there. If Narek hadn't done this, hadn't pushed her towards this, I think when she was ready, she could have Mm. had that dream and chosen to go further and look up you know and to kind of push through that little childhood fear that she's having in the dream and so i think all in good time it would have revealed itself naturally so really the slime bag is neric which we we are yeah i think so like i don't think he would intentionally try it could just be thought thoughtlessness you know yeah um which i think is what you're saying but definitely not intentional but it still has that sort of like air about it i'm like oh man it it just like obviously he couldn't have predicted this though and of narek being so manipulative and good at what he does he was able to get that information out of her Ooh, crazy yeah well and also i just always think about the soon influence because data had these types of dreams Mm. and i'm thinking about one episode in particular where data's meeting that he's talking to his dad and in his dream in his dream and it's about like trying to push beyond what you are and trying to like be like find a higher level higher level of yourself and Mm -hmm. so it's is very like in the style of like ways to communicate from the creator to the creation which i think is really cool and i'm glad that they included something like that in this episode that's so true and that whole dream sequence is just gorgeous and like so well done and as she's walking through um the paths of the, of the like romulan ritual it's just so beautiful and then of course you're like oh no Narek, there he goes um but before we talk like about her epic escape and all of that i do want to mention just sort of soji before she's starting to figure out this stuff on the board cube is just amazing to me i mean i always love soji but this particularly seeing her interact with hugh and then interact with the other xbs and how of course like she's incredible at all these languages and she knows so many things um but i do like the fact that like she literally is able to like recall stuff when she needs it you know so it's not like data where he has to like okay quickly let me google that in my immense brain (laughs) you know it's instead like oh, it just came to me. And it's just beautiful design, I gotta say, but also like such a cool way for Soji to always be learning more and always reach for things that she's curious about. And I think it's really cool that like it led her to this cube and horrible that Narek's there, but like just seeing her comforting the XBs and trying to get through to um, the female Romulan, uh, I forgot her name. The aunt. Yeah, so it's just amazing to see her kindness and also her, like, drive for knowledge is really cool. I'm like, dang, that's Ravenclaw vibes. And I think a lot of these women 
are really driven by their curiosity. I think about this with Agnes and with Rafi and even Seven. And so it's really cool that like that's sort of a driving force of a lot of these women's arcs. And I just love that, you know? Thank you for saying that, Rihanna. I hadn't really thought deeply about that, but what Soji is doing on the Borg ship is like one of it's so important and it's like one of the most humanitarian aids I can ever think of you know like you're really truly reaching out to your enemy and Mm -hmm. trying to help them because she understands that they are beings who are not just Borg underneath literally yeah it's really really special and I wish I could help a ex-Borg myself (laughs) oh you're so right yeah and I think too Hugh says to Picard that he had a hunch about Soji um and it's really cute to see them interact too because he's just like wow like you already learned all their language like dang and then when she's like oh the Romulans always have a secret back door um with a false front door and and he was like wow (laughs) he's just constantly blown away by her and I am too so I just like us same (laughs) rest in peace Hugh why would you say that gone too soon I wish that were a fake out death (laughs) every day I wish I know maybe season three it'll start with Hugh coming back (laughs) (laughs) at least Picard can like tell everyone tell Bev and Jordy what he was doing in his final years i have a feeling that won't even come up sadly <laughs> i'll i'll put it ahead canon then okay yeah start writing <laughs> your fic now perfect <laughs> um okay well i think let's move on towards the end of the season ish and we're mm-hmm. gonna talk a little bit about karma no about sutra and karma might pop up too karma sutra. <laughs> um, yeah. but so yeah so soji makes her great escape she heads mm-hmm. hangs out with the Rikers, which we'll talk about soon with Kestra. And then eventually they do get to the planet that Soji was created on. And she's excited to find out she's a home planet. Yeah. Um, no idea, you know, what could be on this planet. Rihanna, I'm wondering what your first impressions are. Like when you first saw this episode and you saw all the androids they all look like soji and then they're all like golden and sparkly what was your first impressions of this planet did you trust them did you not oh there's no way i trusted them (laughs) and i feel bad because like obviously i'm a data stan i love androids um it wasn't really about that it was literally just the vibes i was getting i was like i do not like the energy they've created here um and seeing soon just throws me off always and so seeing him there as sort of like everyone's father yet again (laughs) I was like oh lord what in the world what in the cosmos (laughs) so I was just like no I'm good I do not trust you especially because like if you hear a Romulan flea is coming to kill you androids are going to protect themselves pretty fine and they have this destroyer of Soji now and the one thing I was really excited though was like to have Soji be back with people that she feels like she can trust. And so that's what makes us all the more complex is as we're watching more of the finale and seeing um, the seeing Sutra team up with Narek and have them stab Karma, is it, or someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, like, sad to know, know that Soji is going to yet another place that is, like, using her to their own means to an end and so I feel like 
though in the beginning of this episode I feel really happy for Soji because I feel like she's learned so much and is growing into herself you know and she has a lot more confidence yeah I'm kind of waxing poetic over here thinking about how sad it is that we don't really see Soji at all in season two don't get me started Um, I'm gonna rant about it because I want to say like oh it's been so great this season to see her really have a home and feel like loved but we have not seen that yet um all we see like you just said is people once again manipulating her and I think also like a tragedy about her life is that everyone is trying to like place her in a pocket the Romulans are saying that she's the destroyer and that they know she is the target of this prophecy or she is yeah. the source Geneb, yeah the of this prophecy and so she has that like weird romulan expectations of her yeah. and then the androids on the complete opposite side are like you're gonna save us and you're also gonna be our tool for like making this happen like she's everybody's key and i'm just tired of it i wish that she like what if she could just stay with the rikers you know i feel like that would have oh. been a much better life for her but Thank of course you. she needs answers and mm-hmm. I know that not all the androids are evil. So like for myself, I love the golden androids, like yes. high key. Oh I, my God. Because amazing. it's like, you probably could have made skin of any color, but you chose yeah. like sparkling. <laughs> it, it, it made me think that like they used the best of the skin graft things on Soji and Dodge and had nothing left. And so like, let's go back to the data model. Yeah, honestly, I was thinking that, like, sparkly data. (laughs) Sparkly data. They really, like, are Edward Cullen in the sun there. Like, it's just wild. It's it's amazing, yeah. And I also feel like a lot of them are really simple-minded. Like, the poor android Mm. that gets stabbed in the eye, she didn't didn't mean anything wrong. You know, it's it's Sutra who is plotting all of this, and... I gotta think, I know Soon is like, have respect for us humans, but like, I I just feel like he's behind all of this evilness. Um, And I also just couldn't believe that Picard didn't once say lore because I'm waiting. Thank you. That's what I'm thinking this whole time is like, even though so far we've met only nice, kind androids, eventually there's gonna be one who's terrible. Um, yes. because that's yeah, how you gotta have are. the evil evil twin and there is an evil twin here yeah yeah and so she is really slimy though and i thought she was like really really good at being manipulative like totally she's so subtle she's so smart she just has like a couple of words and then people are doing her bidding and the humans are easily manipulated and poor Soji, because she hasn't, she's still recovering from everything that happened with Narek. She's not able to see when she's being used yet. And that's, I yeah. think, the saddest part of this whole thing. Well, it's awful because she is ready to be the destroyer. And Picard literally <laughs> says, like, don't become what they think you are. You I know, just, that scene where she's like stacking all the Legos together. I know. I'm, I'm like, like what is this? Like, I, I don't know why, like, I have mostly zero complaints about like the newer star trek stuff but i don't understand all of this like hologram projector thing it's just like i'm so pike i'm like just give me a view screen please i have my ipad it's fine yeah put me on zoom we're good um (laughs) but anyway so yeah i feel like that's so true ashlyn it's 
really just awful. Sutra is the lore of this series, definitely. So, like, she literally killed her sister for the emotional jolt it would give everyone else um, to say, oh no, the biological beings are bad, except for dad. But we saw this, we saw this episode already. We saw <laughs> it in Enterprise when the, uh, the enhanced genetically beings, enhanced yeah. beings turned on soon because he was too human and too, like, kind. Boy. So anyway, it's just like, I'm glad that Soji was called down from this, but also Sutra does a horrible thing, and she mind melds with Jurati and makes her remember the admonition uh, memory that, like, made Jurati want to, like, literally kill herself, and I'm like, don't do that, please. You're literally triggering her. But, I mean, she did say, yeah, do it, but, like, she was clearly so frightened, and Sutra's just like, hmm, you're scared. Anyway, I'll do it anyway. So it just shows, like, Sutra is, like just that's lore i mean laura literally was like i will kill you wesley right now and you're just like what (laughs) (laughs) so you know just wild and back to the good old days um (laughs) yeah i actually thought they were trying to fake us out because a mind meld is a typically very like peaceful thing and we Mm -hmm. we love the vulcans and we love everything well hmm. besides that spark besides a lot of their like society and social structure but we mostly like have fond memories of the vulcans Mm -hmm. and so i i think that was kind of a way to throw you off the path like oh she's mind melding that's cool yeah um but then yeah she's got that evil look at her eye like what else is she gonna do in there literally and now that she knows what the romulans think of them then she knows okay let's fulfill their prophecy boom yeah you know she, it's just awful she's got to be so bored on that planet like she's the oh smartest one out of all of them it's got to be like christmas you know i mean it reminds me of azula from avatar you know where literally she's just like sitting at the palace like how can i mess up people's lives yeah exactly i also <laughs> just got a shout out to the person because i think they're like oh my gosh the romulans are on their way they're gonna destroy <laughs> us one of the androids is like well we have our flower ship yes. <laughs> Oh, she believes in the flower power. I love that. (laughs) Bro, you need more flowers. (laughs) Yeah, literally. So as we were talking about, like, I'm just so sad about seeing no more Soji or Daj or anyone else in season two. But I'm so glad we get to see Corey. And I I do, so as sad as I am, I I have this, like, two different emotions running through me because the first couple episodes of Picard season two... I honestly didn't notice she was gone. And that oh, is really rough. <laughs> that's tragic. I know. I'm so sad. And I actually had to be pointed out, like, on Twitter. Or maybe it was Strange New Pod or someone. Maybe even Rihanna was like, where the heck is Issa Briones? And I'm like, literally, I'm like, uh-oh. I'm always looking for her in Picard. And uh, I'm sorry. I just It's with a heavy heart that, like, I know only Jerry Ryan and Michelle Hurd are coming back for season three. And so we're losing three incredible people, four, Rios as well, damn. Anyway, I'm just like, I'm still not over it, so just know that I'm feeling really sad about all of this. I choose not to believe you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're going to have a scene where Picard hugs Elnor and everything's fine. (laughs) God, that's all I wanted and I got nothing. Literally nothing. It's fine. Um, Whatever. We're talking about how... Yeah, okay, so I do want to say really quickly, though, that Soji is seen in the first episode, Stargazer, briefly, oh, uh, when man. when she... <laughs> Blink and you miss her. <laughs> oh, Ow, I'm sorry. Killing me small. Okay, tell me more. 
literally she's like a cool ambassador and she's like being very diplomatic and so that's really cool like it seems like she's like really out there living her life the synth ban was lifted so she's like going doing cool stuff for a lot of people so that's good yeah i wish i had more info but this is the thing is i definitely felt like there was a hole where Issa Briones wasn't, you know? And then when we're introduced to Corey, it was really interesting, but still just not enough. And like, oh great, another soon manipulating his children, you know? Well, but here we are. I mean, this is like the 19th episode of soon creating children. Yeah, literally we have an episode called soon and his 20 kids. (laughs) The thing that I am really hopeful about, and that's what everyone is complaining about with Issa Briones, is I hope now if we see Brent Spiner on screen, we see Issa Briones too. Um, You know what I'm saying? Like Like they're now tied together. I mean, so it, like, makes no sense at all for how, like, just in Star Trek canon, like, why all the Soons create the same-looking women, but, like, I'm here for it, and I say, don't stop, just roll with it. Um, Yeah. And in the future, if we see Soon create more babies, I want them all to be himself and Issa Bronis as the children. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds really perfect. Yeah, I agree. I think, like, it's, it's... an interesting way to add her in and we're seeing this throughout season two like everyone who wasn't going back to the past was getting sort of a past counterpart Guinan, Laris, Soji, you know etc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it made sense that that's sort of like what we were going with but at the same time I just feel like there was so much lead up to something happening with Kore in the episode Mercy and then nothing really came of it besides, okay, like, let's have Will Wheaton invite her to the Travelers, which is incredible. Like, I'm not mad about this. Like, I'm glad that she didn't, like, go and burn in the sun or something horrible. But it still felt like so much lead up for not a good enough redemption, you know? I mean, she did have that one scene where she says, this is for my sisters. And I loved that. I was like, this is epic. I you love know? that, yeah. Um, and she deletes all those files and um, all of all of his research and all of that stuff. So that was cool. But I was like, no, I want you to, like, take Soon down. I want you to, like, release him to the public and show how awful he is and get him jail time. You know, like, that's the kind of redemption arc I want instead of just, like, I'm giving you a new start. And then he opens up Project Con. I'm like, okay, like, don't let him stay out here doing this stuff, you know. I do agree with you for the most part. I was really thinking, and Rian and I talked so much throughout this series about what we were predicting was going to happen and what mm-hmm. did or did not end up happening. I also really hoped that she was going to be the one to take down soon. Yeah. There was that line about him, I think it was in the penultimate episode, Hide and Seek, where he says there's always a random element that will like destroy my plan mm-hmm. and you Picard are the random element and I wished that it was Corey um, because yeah. she really deserved to have that closure with him and I think the fact that it like this is my biggest complaint about season two is that there's just not enough time spent on every character and Definitely. so I would have loved to see a reunion with him and Corey where even she says I'm I'm leaving you know um i know i do love seeing that all of his files are deleted yeah (laughs) that was really nice and she was like Mm -hmm. hacking him from the library like what a so cool amazing way to do it Mm -hmm. 
but I wish there had been some reconnection there because he was her father, like after all, you know, even if he loved her more as a project and as his like ego, he still loved her, you know, and she still like loves him. That's the thing is like, no matter what our parents do, for the most part, we still love them. Um, You're so right. And I, I think there was an opportunity for them to have like a somewhat normal relationship maybe but i just we there's no hint of that and i'm glad thank god wesley was there seeing will whedon i like i was just in shock i could not move i was pikachu meme the entire like 10 minutes even like after it had happened i like blacked out i was like yeah i just saw the greatest thing (laughs) (laughs) it was so hard to focus after that yeah yeah i just i was literally like is this the ready room like why is will wheaton is this like a uh hey we're pausing to talk here about (laughs) (laughs) intermission this episode i just yeah so shout out to will wheaton thank you so much and i think that the uh travelers will have a great companion with corey there i love that she gets to have this arc but you're right there's not enough redemption for any of these women i feel like there's so many things left unsaid i do think it's really interesting that because corey could have easily not taken the vial that q gave her and just been like nah that could be poison it could kill me blah 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 but she's like, you know what? It's a bid for freedom and I'm going to take it. And I think that that is so courageous. And yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, I, I think, would you take the vial, Rihanna, if you were in that position? Oh, I mean, think about staying in that one room with soon for the rest of your life, possibly, or risking death to go outside and like be free. I think I'd take it. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. It's, yeah, Cube just plays with so much here, and I think he had good intentions, like, to set her free, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think also he always wants to be the chaotic element, too, and so he's like, ooh, I'll see what she does. And (laughs) then... stir it up. (laughs) He literally, and he kind of, you know, pushed her in that direction, so love that. (laughs) I think the best scene with Corey, besides when she gets her revenge, is when she is figuring out what's happening, and she's going through the computer files, and she's freaking out, and we've said this before and they probably said it on the show but like it's tragic that this character is betrayed and tricked in every oh my god every iteration. iteration yeah it's not every universe because it's the same universe but every yeah oh my god you're so right but also she will always reach for her freedom in any universe yes okay so, love it yeah great yeah <laughs> um well someone else who will always reach for freedom is kestra and so Ooh. I just briefly want to jump back to Nepenthe in season one and just talk about like what an amazing character she is and how pumped I am for her to appear on season three. I have no idea if she's coming in season three. But, but she better. <laughs> we see Troy and Riker. We better see some Kestra because she's Literally. another one. And I'm just, I'm so hard to please these days. But <laughs> this is another character that I loved immediately. I think when she first appears dressed as a wild girl of the woods. Wild girl of the woods. <laughs> I will always think to our podcast with Ed and how much he loves Riker. And <laughs> Same. That was incredible. He was yes. like crying this entire episode. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I love Kestra and I think she 
even though Soji doesn't really trust her throughout this episode, she mm-hmm. is exactly what Soji needs to kind of like be reintroduced into the world is through the eyes of a child. Oh my god, and through comfort that a sibling can bring, you know? Like, I think that that was really important, is it felt like Kestro was immediately like, okay, you are now my older sister. That's it. But actually, she's technically older, <laughs> so she gets to boss her around. No, but I think... That's so charming. I love yeah, that line. so good. And she has such a Naomi Wildman quality. Like, I think here, again, we're seeing someone who is curious and who is always seeking more information like she in typical kid fashion has no qualms with asking soji anything and she's sort of the one who reveals that soji's an android to her and i think honestly although it's really jarring i think if it came from picard it'd be a little bit like she'd be like what i don't know she's still ready to trust adults but like it's easier to trust kids because you know they're not gonna like lie to you or have some sort of they don't have like subtleties of subterfuge really a lot of kids don't and so it's just really cool to see Kestra like help her to open up and to start feeling and start grieving. Yes, I 100% agree with you. I think the only other person who maybe could have helped her as well would be Troy. And I do just yeah. want to shout out to Troy mm-hmm. in this episode because so many times her character just got shafted on Next Generation and she had yeah. nothing to do. And I think she really does what she does best. I think she really shines in this episode because she is talking with Soji, sort of guiding her through a lot of the things that she's feeling and trying to understand her perspective. And I haven't said it so far this episode, but I keep thinking it, that season one gets better with age. It's like a fine wine because so many of these moments that when I saw them through the first time, I thought were weird or annoying Mm or I just didn't really like gel with what was Mm -hmm. happening like for example when Picard is joking to Soji and says oh yeah this is all an illusion and Mm -hmm. haha we're gonna trick you and Soji like pushes him and leaves initially I was on Picard's side because I'm like (gasps) what okay well (laughs) I just like I'm so sick like in these you know my first watching through I I Mm -hmm. feel I felt so sick of all these characters not treating Picard the way he deserves to (laughs) be treated you're like he's my man yeah and like he's famous and everyone knows that he's awesome and so you should just like shut up you know (laughs) dang like that's honestly my autopilot mode and so (laughs) I'm able to see these characters with a lot more grace when I watch it through again similar to like how my feelings of Troy have changed over the years I really felt so alienated when Picard said that to Soji because that is so not the right thing to say right now like it's so tasteless and Mm -hmm. Troy is right when she gets mad at Picard and that you had it coming that was something else I was so annoyed I was like Troy how dare you and now I'm like yes (laughs) Troy is right She's absolutely right. I think that this scene is almost unbearable to watch for me because I don't ever imagine Picard to be this way. And so it was really jarring to me in the fact that, like, are you really that, like, not aware of what is happening to her? And obviously he's not. He doesn't know what just happened with Narek, but he knows that she's running for her life. And I feel like he's probably really stressed out and like tired of also being questioned you know like you're saying and so like Troy says he finds it so preposterous that she could ever not think that this loving warm family is anything but home but of course like it's just I think Troy's ability to 
step into someone else's emotions and see past whatever anger is there to the fear and like know why it's there and soji did open up to her which is incredible i just i love that scene and i love that kestra sort of brought her to troy you know like she was like you need to talk to my mom she's the best the fact that she was able to open up and talk about Narek and say like i don't trust you is really bold because like if these people were bad that was when they would turn and be like okay you don't trust me like fine we'll take you by force you know which (laughs) is hilarious to think of troy doing that but you know i think it's troy would oh yeah true (laughs) she knows she spent her time with the romulans she knows how terrible they can be yeah totally you're so right and so i think too something that just blows me away with troy is the fact that she's the only one who doesn't call soji the girl or a girl or poor girl, you know, like, she says, like, that young woman is very stressed, essentially, and so, (laughs) or I shouldn't say stressed, but, like, she just went through a lot when she's talking to Picard, and beautiful. Troy is just the perfect person to talk to in this moment, and I'm so glad they had this interaction, and yeah, and that Kestra is so remarkable, too. I'm like, yeah, you're definitely a Riker. Like, she just has the qualities of both her parents so much, but also her own unique beauty is just, like, incredible i love kestra yeah she might be my favorite character from season one honestly (laughs) i'm such a kestra like i want it like makes me think about how amazing it would be to have troy and Riker as your parents you know yeah just Riker being like wow he's like i'm (laughs) just red alert let's have fun (laughs) burnt tomato (laughs) like wow god i love that man Yeah. And then Troy to, like, help you through these tough moments. And, like, oh, my gosh, I think, you know, it's so horrible what happened to Thad. And, like, I think that is especially why she latches on to Soji so quickly is because she's trying to fill that hole that Thad left. And Well, they'd be around it, the yeah. same age, too. I know exactly. Soji's supposed to be a little older, but they said in the episode Thad would have just had his 18th birthday. Exactly. So, ooh, it, like makes me so sad to see her in this moment but I also joyful to see how she's honoring him and literally like speaking all of the languages and teaching Soji like when Soji learns it right away you can see just like this light in her eyes that she didn't have in the beginning when she's literally coming in shooting with her bow and arrow this is also the best introduction of like any character too is her wild girl the woods look yeah I really love it I also think that Soji is calmed somewhat by having time just takes two minutes but having (laughs) having a moment to stop and learn something I think is like calming to her because that's her natural reaction is to figure out what's going on and she can't figure out what's going on she has no control of her life right now and so the fact that she can like read this book and learn this language and make this person happy is really it's got to be really grounding for her and so i think it just works well for both of them to get a little bit of just happiness with one another oh yes you're so right and to share in their different types of grief together even when soji starts crying and kestra's like oh no don't cry like i think you're really awesome you know, <laughs> yeah. all this stuff it's just so cute because soji hasn't let herself cry or let herself be emotional in front of picard or troy or Riker, and so and certainly even Narek she was, and then I think that's why she was so reserved with showing other emotions, and now she's letting Kestra sort of guide her, and 
Oh, kids are amazing. Like, I just, I love Kestra so much. And also the fact that she literally gets the info they need of the planet right away. She's like, I just asked the captain. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm still laughing because you said kids are amazing. And literally before this podcast started, like a kid screamed outside and Rihanna was like, I hate children. <laughs> <laughs> And you're just like, kids are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so back to that Captain guy you just brought up. Yeah. Is that a reference to anything? Captain Crandy or something? Crandall. Crandall? What what the heck is happening? Because Riker's like, we don't talk to Crandall. And then Kestra's like, I asked Crandall. And I'm like, bro, like, who is this guy? They really are trying to name drop someone, but I don't, I didn't. And Riker's like, go down by the bay and find Crandall. Crandall. I don't know. I wonder wondered if they cut some scenes with him or This is what I'm wondering. Yeah, like, sometimes I feel like Picard is missing scenes. Like, that I'm like, kind of like, (laughs) I need some, like, deleted scenes, please. It's probably honestly, like, drop script, you know? Like yeah. script rewrites and things where they're yeah. like, oh yeah, we, we we told everybody about Captain Crandall, right? And they're like, yeah, we definitely <laughs> yeah. did. And then they're, they're watching the premiere. <laughs> and then there's like, like five oh, Crandall no. lines. <laughs> Got to tell them who Crandall is. <laughs> <laughs> LOL, that's really good. Anyway, also any of our listeners know who he is, please shout us out. Like I would yeah. just die if this was like a random guy from Who's animated Crandall? series yeah. who was sent to the future. Like, tell me. I'm ready. Please. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, anyway, um, now we have to turn to like a really kind of controversial and rocky subject, and that is Dr. Gerardi. Agnes time. So, hmm, Agnes, Agnes, Agnes. Man, so again, I keep, I was saying just now about how my eyes have really softened to Picard yeah. season one, and my heart is happy and warm. <laughs> I... I don't I still don't really like Agnes very much on yeah. the rewatches. And I think I love her the most actually in season two at the For beginning. Sure. Man, they just do her dirty though. Like she did not deserve her destiny. And I can't hold it in. I can't go in order right now talking about Agnes because no, she's the Borg Queen. Yeah, she's what? the Borg Queen, people. What? 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> I think this is kind of perfect for her. What? What? I think this is perfect. This ending for her is a really great way of like, she's never going to be alone again, which she hates being. Mm -hmm. And she literally is like using her empathy to change the Borg from the inside out. But she didn't really. It's more like destiny (laughs) than anything else. Because remember, she was like, oh, me and the queen, we're going to make a softer Borg. That It's just like a team-up Borg rather than an assimilate Borg. And yet, when they're back to the future, it's the same Borg. Except that that now they have a temporary alliance with the Federation. But it's the same Borg that assimilated Picard and assimilated Seven and... Yeah. Yeah, it like killed That's all true. those people and murdered Guinan's <laughs> family and yeah. Neelix's family and everyone in the Delta Quadrant. Not Neelix's family. They died in a like civil war, I think. Okay, well I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Neelix. Oh gosh. Sorry, I brought no, up no. the weirdest I, character make, with the Borg. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you make a really good point. Like I I don't know though. Like, yeah, she's more gentle yeah. in this moment. Like, it's everyone's going to be destroyed. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Like, it is sort of like, we're all going to die, so let's team up kind of thing. I don't know. It feels like a good way to send her off because she's, like, now 
all-powerful is chilling with board queen and i don't know a I good just, way I to send it. her off rihanna i just can't i can't agree with you on this Damn, fair enough i just feel terrible for her because she did not want this like mm-hmm. yeah she wanted anyone to love her i think the board queen was the last person oh for sure yeah um like <laughs> literally anyone else um god yeah. i i think allison pill really does a fantastic job in this season be- totally. like not only when she's acting as Gerardi and the board queen but i think also just like the timing with all the other characters was really on and i think especially in the first couple episodes like when <laughs> she's in the not really mirror universe but in like the naziville oh god um, yeah when Q has changed time and she's like in her basement and she has all those like cats and she's like, apparently yeah. I'm mind bendingly lonely in any universe. And I'm yeah. like, oh, oh my God, like that sucks. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think that she deserved this. And maybe, maybe you're right. Like maybe this is the best possible solution for her, but I feel like, wouldn't you want to stay human rather than? Yeah. I mean, this is what like. Join with the Borg queen. I think so too. I think, it's better than killing her off and gives her like a way to change the Borg. Yeah, I think Allison Pill did a fantastic job. I do miss Annie Worshing as yes. the Borg Queen originally because yes. she's incredible. But I love their dynamic. Two of One is one of the episodes we're talking about. And we didn't put season one episodes on her watch list because I feel like you're absolutely right. This is Agnes's like her really gl- glow up her green glow, glow up, up. Yeah, green glow <laughs> yeah i don't know Borg up. I don't villain know. origin no her villain origin was killing bruce maddox mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah so i just think their chemistry as actors and as characters in two of one is crazy it's like it really besides the singing which i'm not a fan of it really like made the episode fantastic yeah i was kind of hoping it would go a different way because I honestly, and this is really like wrong, I think, but I really shipped the Borg Queen and Agnes. Yeah, like to be a couple. I think a lot of people did. Yeah, Yeah. like I, I honestly felt like they had really good chemistry. Well, and I also thought it really brought out something special in Agnes too, because she was forced to literally think outside of the box and like Mm -hmm. have the foresight to put the code of the La Serena into Elnor. Um, Amazing. And basically, like, locked the queen out of her mind because she had a feeling that this might happen and she ran that risk. When, yes. And I also just want to shout out, like, Agnes is doing all of this to protect the whole crew. Like, this, totally. the only reason they needed the Borg Queen was to go back in time because... They don't have Spock. <laughs> they don't have Spock. And then also, while they're there, like, the ship's not working. The, you know, it's, like, not doing well after its voyage back in time. And Gerardi's in charge of fixing it. And in this case, the only way to do that was to wake up the Borg Queen. So I just, I hope we don't forget that, you know, that everything that she did was to protect her friends. And she never received that love back in return. In yeah, fact, she was, so like, true. fighting terribly. Like, the whole season opens with her, like, arguing awkwardly with Rios because they had yeah. broken up. and Yeah, she's feeling really lost and out of place. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why I don't like Gerardi. Like, you know, is it, like, a Troy or a Yar thing? And for yeah. me, it's just that she's a murderer. And yeah, literally. I, I, just, I, can't, I can't get over killing Bruce Maddox, even though she was completely yeah. brainwashed by the Romulans. Mm-hmm. And she's just another woman who's being used as a tool in both yep. of these seasons. And so oh, 
like I feel like that's why I like the beginning of the season two so much for her was because she's actually doing her own free will and she's doing what she thinks is best and it leads to her becoming the queen so who knows maybe she's not really being used maybe she is in control but I just I have a lot of feelings about Agnes I think you're absolutely right about her being used for these certain causes and I think too that's why it's so liberating in the episode where she's going into her mind and like hooked up by those literal like ox cord <laughs> in her brain. Um, and the board queen, you know, is starting to open doors in her mind to different emotions, anger, sadness. And this is like Jurati's worst nightmare, I think. Like she already had Sutra do that horrible mind meld and she like doesn't want to have people see what's inside her brain and so to have to be that ultimately vulnerable to someone like the board queen is utterly terrifying and she's still in that state gets the info she needs and makes her file shit i stole from the board queen and it's the most epic scene like i love that when the queen says like you've done something very dangerous and she's like what you've impressed me and i'm like ooh, that is badass like i think janeway was the last person who impressed the board queen so totally that is agree legendary yeah. like that scene is like my very favorite agnes moment yeah that is a great time and that was really when i saw the potential of what the board queen could be thinking because yes. she does not say that to anyone you no. know this is someone really special just another complaint with the writing and picard that i, th- I think another reason i'm like so bummed about Gerardi is that mm-hmm. she is so smart and it's yes. amazing to see her show that off in season two but we don't get to see it very often we see her like kind of fawning over the androids and the synths yeah. you know and she's like oh my gosh you have mucus that's amazing yeah like you cry when you're sad um yeah. and she does help dr soon in the end like with picard but i don't really feel like it's emphasized like just how smart she is to be working at daystrom not at all absolutely and i feel and she like she helped maddox like with a lot of the creation of soji and dodge yeah so. exactly like artistry like she was talking about yeah and i feel like she is kind of shoved in the corner as like the person who has like panic attacks and like yep. terrifying situations which mm-hmm. like we all would like you Literally. no one no one can tell me <laughs> especially you if you not. already <laughs> have anxiety or depression or, or like some mental illnesses because then like any of these things are gonna make that harder and more difficult and so it's just like i hate that i hate when characters are defined by their mental illness you know that it kind of happens in some shows and it's nice to have like someone representing that and to show like how she will still get the job done and is still incredible and that's not like a personality trait you know yes that's exactly how i'm feeling I think, like, I remember early in season one where she is in charge of beaming them back from the cloud, what's it? Uh, Stardust City. Cloud miners? No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) Stardust City. Um, Yeah, where she has to beam them back up. She is having a full-blown panic attack because she's so worried that she is going to mess up beaming them up on time. And I related with her so much. Totally. Because... Like, oh my gosh, the whole plan relies on me. That is really scary. And what if I don't do it right? And yeah, she's really like smart and good with science. And she doesn't have that confidence in herself to know that she can beam up at someone and it's going to be fine. And I feel like we just don't 
see that compassion from any of the other characters when Agnes is acting completely out of whack in season one where she says I don't care about Picard let's just go back to earth you know she's yeah done a full 180 like she's mean she's Mm -hmm. violent almost and what does Rafi do but she's like oh let's go get some cake and I'm like what cake like Gerardi needs like to really have a talk and like needs some serious help right now like she's not okay and Rios and Rafi are just like eh, whatever well then Rios comes up and thinks like oh I I think that Rafi is being tracked you know like are you that tactless to like then bring up something more stressful that clearly is like she's the one being tracked like dry can't handle this right now bro like (sighs) yeah it's just frustrating because it's like I don't know if people just push it away and say like they'll deal with it or if they just don't know you know yeah, I don't know. Um, I just thought it was, like, one of the best ways they handled that in season one was having the hologram come, yeah. and he was like, I can see you're having a psychological emergency. How can I help yeah. you? I just think, like, that's kind of a great way to think about mental health. Totally. Um, because it's like, oh, you broke your leg. You call the doctor. It's yeah, like, exactly. it's like, oh, you're having a panic attack. Like, call the doctor. Literally. Um, you know, like, you, like, how can we help you out of this? And, exactly. yeah. So, anyway... Yeah, I wish we had a Gerardi stan that I knew uh, who could, like, talk more about her. But I just, I have a hard time getting behind her. I'm very mixed about what happened with season two. I wish, and I'm ignoring Rihanna, and I hope we'll see a lot of her in season three as the the board Well, she's supposed to be guarding this new, like, wormhole thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so we should see her. Maybe she's going to be, like, in a comic... Something. Oh my gosh, I'm sure. Or the Absolutely. Una McCormack book before season yes, three. Yes, here we go, yeah. Yeah, I know, I'm just disappointed in a lot of these, like, the lack of time that these women are given in season two particularly, um, because, like you said, Ash Leonard is literally called Picard, so a lot of scenes are devoted to his stuff, and I think that it's really beautifully done, like, all of that stuff is really gorgeous, and I love his whole arc with Q and everything, but... It's still just like, okay, maybe put two more episodes into a season or stop doing so much fluff episodes that are only like 38 minutes, you know? It's just not giving the characters the time they deserve. And now, like, more than half of them are gone, you know? And it's just infuriating to me. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Anyway, it's fine. Um, Well, I think let's push on to a really inspiring group of women um let's talk about the Kuat Malat this is amazing we got to talk about them briefly in Discovery Part 2 Tilly gets an amazing journey with them Michael's mom is in the Kuat Malat like they're just incredible but the roots you know we get are in Picard and so I just absolutely love these women like I think I would strive to be a Kuat Malat if I was Romulan I honestly, like, want to try absolute candor and just, like, yes. warn people for, like, two weeks to be like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going to be going to be very candid with you. Um, yeah. Because I really feel like that is a great way to let your emotions out in a healthy way and also really understand, like, what page others are on as well. And have proper communication. Yeah. yeah. And I really enjoyed all... All of the scenes with the Kuatmala are fantastic in any series, and I really love how they're introduced in Picard. 
Totally. Also, just like again, like season one is so fantastic, especially the scenes yes. where we see Picard and Elnor developing a relationship. Oh. Like, slice me open, man! I just Literally. like I am in love with that. Ah, oh, God! Like Picard is so happy. When was the last time you saw him that happy? Literally, Literally. playing like fencing, reading, uh, crying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just he's his supposed kid hater. <laughs> yeah, and he really like developed such an attachment with Elnor. But anyway, the absolute candor I think actually really helps when raising a child because oh, absolutely, like it's such a freeing way for the child to be like totally honest about how they feel mm-hmm. without. And I know like children can't. It takes them a long time to understand like oh. I'm angry because I fell down. I'm not really angry at you, you know? Like, I'm angry at my body. And so I feel like this is a really great way for Elnor to be raised because, yeah, it maybe it's a little, like, strict and harsh because everyone's really real with you. There's no coddling. But also the flip side of that is that these women can be very truthful when they say, like, they're proud of him. And when they're praising him, he knows it's real. And I think that's something that, like, we need just as much. Don't spill the juice, but also, like, I love you and I'm so proud of you for trying, you know. Yeah. Like, very important things to learn. (laughs) You're so absolutely right. And I think, too talking about don't spill his respect women juice you know like <laughs> i was kind of re- regretting using that weird term but i'm glad oh. you turned it around <laughs> <laughs> no problem i think that that absolute candor is really great coming from these women too because then he's also getting a chance to be open and honest with them and i think a lot of kids don't have a voice when it comes to like parental guardians or they're just like follow me because i said so you know that's not an answer that's just a way to dodge the question and i think that like having that clarity all the time would be so refreshing the quatmelot also are so amazing because they were huge huge help in the romulan relocation project and it was incredible because like Picard obviously had his fleet of ships and everything, but they're on the ground and they're the ones actually settling these Romulans into a new home world. Like, this is just crazy scale of displacement that is so tragic and difficult to deal with. And these incredible warrior duds are here to help and here to, like, nurture and guide and also to, like, fight back groups or factions that are, like, pro separation of Romulan and human or you know whatever so like they're also protecting the people on the ground as well yeah great point I didn't really think about that the how much they are aiding the humanitarian effort like they are the action on the planet yeah. the politicians and Picard negotiates what's going to happen but they're the ones who actually do it exactly um, yeah oh my gosh so much respect Okay, so season one, something that's really hard to swallow mm-hmm. for Picard is that he's having all of these meetings with people that he has not seen in a really long time. Mm-hmm. So like Rafi, which we're going to talk about soon. Don't go away, folks. Yeah. Um, you know, he hasn't seen Rafi in like 20 years and he Crazy. hasn't seen Elnor in 20 years or the Malat or any of his friends from the Enterprise. Literally hasn't even communicated with With them. Riker or Troy, yeah. And so he's very guilty about this. But I feel like the Kuat Malat and Zani is one of the few people who don't blame him for yeah. not showing up 
earlier and i think elnor does but of course elnor is like he was a kid and yeah he doesn't fully understand like the insane situation that happened and i feel like she, but she zani is one of the few people one of the few beings who actually gives him the grace and understands what he went through because clearly totally. picard is like you know a fantastic person he's not great with like keeping up but like i feel like his close friends would have known he's taking his separation from starfleet so seriously that he just he can't be a functioning person right now and she saw how happy he was with elnor and how happy he was with his place in the federation just to try to empathize with how tough his life must be now i'm just so happy to see someone who really like just sees him for who he is and i think that's just such a rare quality in people and i love to see it in this character she's incredible and i think that it is cool that she's still like yeah you shouldn't have done that to elnor she's gonna still tell him like it is but it's something he needs to hear and he needs to come to terms with and elnor does as well and so I think, like, I just think about the incredible person that they raised for Elnor, and they know, candidly, like, this is not where we wanted him to be, but we can never find him a home. But he has really devoted himself to Quatmalot and become the first male Quatmalot member. And I think it's so, like, heartbreaking, but also beautiful that Zani is, like, she wants what's best for Elnor, even if he may die for this cause. She knows that he'll be living as well. Yeah. Rihanna, I'm wondering what your thoughts are about, because Sani, she has a couple of lines where she says Elnor really needs like a male figure in his life. Mm. Like it must have been hard for him to grow up among women. And Mm. I'm wondering what your thoughts are about that, because that's the argument for so many people's like anger towards same sex couples is like, Mm -hmm. oh, like, oh, it's because they need a woman or they need a a man or whatever. Yeah, Um, it's just heteronormative BS in my opinion. Well, yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I agree. And so I thought it was really interesting. I just thought in this show it was really weird to hear the Coatmalat say that, like, he really needs a male figure. I don't know how I felt about that. What did you think? I don't get it, in my opinion, because I think about, like, people bring different things to the table regardless of their gender and I think that just putting people into a gendered like box like that is so bizarre and definitely a weird line I agree I think maybe they were just trying to adhere to like heteronormative standards for the show itself I don't know but yeah that's a really good point Ashlyn I never really considered it it's just sort of something you hear all the time and you're like haha lol <laughs> like to me I just think it's BS. There's so many different types of couples. Let's just embrace infinite diversity and infinite combinations and trust parents to raise their kids well, regardless of gender. Like, that's, it's ridiculous that, like, it said a lot, too, that, oh, two men can't raise a, a child because they need that, like, motherly love and that maternal instinct or whatever. And I'm like, some women don't have maternal instincts and that's okay, too. It's just, yeah. That's my thoughts, Ashlyn. Really, really beautiful question. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, like, for myself, if I was raised in a gender that was opposite of my own, the conclusion is the same that you have, Rihanna. The beauty of how he's growing up in the Kuat Malat is that there are so many different types of Romulans there, 
And so, of course, like, because everyone is different, like, there's a really soft, loving, emotional Romulan, and then there's a really yeah. hard-ass, yeah. <laughs> there's a really, like, strict <laughs> Romulan, and then there's, you know, like, there's there's so many different types of personalities, and I totally agree with you that the fact that we've attached gender to emotions is so ridiculous. Yeah, um, or how, or your ability to raise a child is based on your gender. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like and there's a lot of circumstances where like I really identify with like male emotions, quote unquote, and like males in general, like more so than females sometimes. And so Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. So I just wanted to like just address it because I thought it was kind of a weird. Yeah, I mean, you know, gender is a myth. And it's not a binary, so whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But here we are talking about feminism. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, thank you for bringing that up, Ashlyn. And I just, yeah, definitely pour one out for the Quatman lot. I really think reading... I always say this, but reading The Last Best Hope by Una McCormack, you get a lot more Quatmalot scenes and get to learn a lot more about the women and Elnor, and it's fantastic. She just makes me respect these women even more. Yeah, so the last thing I want to say before we move on to a very exciting character is that I really think, kind of to finish my thought about how Zani is so understanding of Picard, I think they've been going through like very similar issues Mm -hmm. where they've been now forced to be the diplomats in um, these situations with like relocating the Romulans. And so they have like some deep understanding of like everything Picard was dealing with. And then like now they're trying to keep the peace on their planet. Yeah. And like people like Rafi and the the Rikers. I know the Rikers like understand Picard's distance, mm-hmm. but like Rafi doesn't understand that, you know, and Elnor no. doesn't understand that. So I think it's nice to see some characters that do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, like having an entire group of people who fight for lost causes has gotta be just emotionally draining. And so I think that it's something that you're right, they deeply understand. Picard was fighting the lost cause of relocating as many Romulans, especially after Mars. So, yeah, it's sort of, you're right, it's this beautiful connection between them. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of beautiful connections. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, guys, it's Guinan time. Guinan time. time. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> oh, I love that. Guinan um. time. So this strong connection is, of course, Guinan. Oh my gosh. The Guinan content we got in season two, possibly possibly the best part of season two. Honestly, yeah. Because I I think bringing her back, obviously we have Whoopi Goldberg returning in the first episode, also the last episode. Amazing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just like, again, really brought it full circle. Yeah, it was a perfect amount of nostalgia too, because... Yes. It's not like they're replaying, like, Picard's memories with Gaiden. You know, like, we, LOL, we get yeah. fresh interactions with her. She's running this bar. She's running 10 yes. forward in LA, which I'm still so bitter. I never got to see before I moved I'm away. so sad. Like, yeah. I would be drinking there every day, and I'd be out of Literally. money, broke on the street, <laughs> living outside. But it'd be worth it. Worth it, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Drinks in LA are already so expensive. I bet they're like seriously. I think there's even like, like a twenty dollars per cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. 
But you get to drink Romulan ale, so what's oh the problem? Oh my god, worth it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're in LA and they haven't closed it yet, I'd beg you to drive there, even if it's I like mean, an I hour. I they closed it. But oh god. also, I know Giraffe went, and I just, I asked her about it at the con and, like, died while she was telling me. So. Oh god, okay, well, at least we have, yeah. like, one degree of separation from Ford. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, she's running this bar, and she is, like, so cute. I love the fact that, like, um, she is wearing her amazing hat, impeccable robes as always, um, and they're just kind of reminiscing about old times, you know, like, they, she says, we've jumped universes together, like, I just, I love this, this gives me such, like, I mean, obviously Star Trek did it first, but it gives me, like, River Song and the Doctor vibes from Doctor Who, like, you know, they, and particularly when he goes back in time and meets her for her first time, you know, is just completely wild because also <laughs> we see her meet her, him again for her first time in Time Zero. So I don't know what. Bro, I did they not were doing. understand why she didn't remember Time Zero. And I've seen like whole feeds of Twitter posts where yeah. people try to explain why uh-huh. she doesn't understand and even like julian from strange new pod is like guys calm down it's canon and i'm like i'm yeah. i can't calm i don't down. get it I like just... it's, it's tiny whiny <laughs> i can't understand it like that's the it's that's why i'm thinking of river song too because like they have so many first meeting connections but they're not for one one party you know and like their timelines are so uh delicately woven from all of these different uh time periods so it's just wild what i'm looking forward to is when picard is complete we can go back and do our time travel episodes and then perhaps we will figure it out rihanna so i'm giving us like a couple of years of time to do some research (laughs) go to the library of congress figure out what went wrong (laughs) fantastic i love that um yeah so it's amazing to see them Whoopi Goldberg back. This chemistry is phenomenal. This whole bar scene is just, like, fantastic. Um, and we have Guinan, once again, being like, Jean-Luc, you need to find someone to love, bro. And she's like, please. She says, she reminds him that love is never too late. And I love that, too, you know? Like, doesn't matter how old you are, you can still find love. I love this. I also, this whole season is so interesting for me because... Picard, and I'm not, I'm trying not to get on a tangent. I just yeah. love Picard. Um, I'm trying to keep it to feminism, but I just think like a lot of mentality, probably because we're American, <laughs> is that like when you get to, when you get older, you don't need to go to therapy or you don't need to work out your problems because it's almost your time anyway. You yeah, know? like so, what? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like picard has years left not only because he has like a ha 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 like a body that was made um, (laughs) but also like humans live longer but that doesn't even matter like you should enjoy your time on this earth while you have it and so no matter how old you are it is always the right time to wake up and say i need to go get some help or i need to get through this thing that's plagued me for 50 years or more you know or I need to go out and find me a cute someone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, It's never too late. And um, if anyone judges you, who cares? Because it's your life. Yeah, exactly. um, So I think that is an amazing lesson that we don't hear too often. I think so much, like even my mentality is like, well, I'm going to get old and I hope someone just hands me a joint every day, you know, like... (laughs) 
absolutely that's what i want but honestly like i probably want to live and have a good life too you know (laughs) absolutely a little bit of both you know and i think that's what guidance doing that's what she's urging picard to do and i think it's really cool too because like you're talking about with um zani i think guinan too knows his deep wounds and she knows like maybe not as intimately as q will then discover because i don't think picard's told anyone um about his mother well but... no, that's hinted at because guinan says what what is it is like oh, yeah. something that you've never told me and i never picked that up until he rewatched this episode for this uh, podcast today i was like oh they were foreshadowing like something that guinan doesn't even know that's crazy yeah you know that's serious but he she also knows how deep it runs and she had to work Guinan had a lot of help from Picard working through her Borg trauma so I just think it's it's really cool that she has time to give that back to him and help him in the in the past (laughs) yes and I also just want to like start this trend of noticing that because Picard has been mostly alone yes he's had a lot of relationships but none of them are really substantial like I shouldn't I should say they don't last a long time. Like they're very fleeting, yeah. but except for inner light was a whole lifetime. <laughs> Ooh, um, yeah. But other than that, like he has really lived alone and all of the people that he's confided in or has really experienced um, like his true self with are Guinan and Q. And I yeah. think it's really interesting that they're both like higher beings who have taken an interest in him. Mm-hmm. And I just love his relationship with Guinan. And so I think when we see it's something that she doesn't even know about, it is really shocking because who else could he have told about this? Like literally no one. Literally. Yeah. And I think that when first meeting Guinan in the past, um, I also want to shout out to um, Ito Avihiri, if that's how you say her name. Um, She did a, freaking fantastic job as playing a younger 10 f's in front of that like yeah yeah (laughs) i'm like blown away um by how like she has a lot of but she's still a different enough person this is something that we're seeing in strange new worlds as well like we're seeing people playing the same characters but like a different iteration of themselves and a different timeline and so it's really interesting to see Guinan who's about to give up on earth she's about to quit like this is devastating she's know, how Picard, I feel particularly about, she's yeah. how I feel about America right now I'm like let's Same. just leave <laughs> literally no that's the thing like she's like it's I'm tired you know and um she is very honest about her resentment towards humans and I yeah I don't blame her I don't blame her at all. Um, I also just have to do a quick shout out back to Whoopi Goldberg because yeah. I think there it's it's really hard to be a actor who plays someone when they were so young and then to return to them later. We've yeah. seen this a lot with Star Wars and with Harrison Ford and Carrie totally. Fisher and um, Mark Hamill. You know yeah. where like these legends return to play a part in a series that they like were stars in when they were younger totally. and i feel that way with Whoopi goldberg because she started on star trek before really she was in i mean she was well known when she was on mm-hmm. next generation but that was just like such a special place to have her totally. um and then you know she goes on later to win an oscar like she's an oscar-winning actor and Incredible. I think now, because so much time has passed between her, like, time on TNG, she's kind of known for, like, being on The View 
and yeah. she has you know some like hot takes and like she's really fun on there but I don't really think she's considered to be a serious actor anymore which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. I think a lot of society um yeah like putting that on With her aging women especially especially and women of color women, too yeah exactly yeah and so I just have to shout out that like watching her I did not get any Whoopi Goldberg it's it's like what no. I would fear with if William Shatner played Kirk right now I know yeah. it would just be William Shatner and no no Kirk and I totally. I only see Guinan when I see her when or oh. when she's on the screen and so I just like extra special love I send to her because f anyone who thinks she would do anything different you know oh my god ashlyn thank you i like i'm clutching my chest of happiness i actually was at a <laughs> car mechanics and i saw the view and i saw sneak martin green on getting to talk with Whoopi oh, goldberg yes. and i was like fainting i was texting ashlyn i was like can you believe this <laughs> um and they were talking about star trek and how uh Sonequa martin green was like inspired by Whoopi goldberg and next gen because and the, like Whoopi was yeah. the second black legend woman and Sonequa was the third ah, yeah i mean besides like smaller characters yeah but the third like bridge crew it's incredible yeah i just faint of happiness so yeah i think yeah Whoopi goldberg well deserved if we were still doing toasts <laughs> i would toast yeah i am yeah. toasting yeah and so now to have ito like taking her character on i think yeah like Rena said fantastic job i think really like portraying the fear that she has is really cool and then i also love that she can just turn on that alienness too like yeah. you she seems like she's coming off as so human but then she mm-hmm. of course does the amazing hands yes! like the guided hands um and then also she just has this like way of acting where you just know like oh she's oh she's otherworldly yeah. and i, she, like, I love it's power yeah yes. you're so right just especially don't F with her literally especially in the episode the two episodes where she summons q and then they're in the interrogation room and she's doing that really cool like John Luke, take the hint. Like, ask about his trauma. <laughs> um, ask about what he's fixated on. And that cool projection of herself. I just love that, like, literally we were talking about this in TNG feminism about how, why doesn't Guinan get more backstory and get more of herself? And now we're getting it. And I'm so, so happy. We still don't know why she ran away from home or anything, but, like... I think it was daddy issues. Yeah, I think so too. I She's think like, actually it was partly daddy yeah, issues time from zero. Time Zero, mm-hmm. but yeah. Definitely. Why did she not come back after that? And also, has she been on Earth since Time Zero? Or did she like, was Time Zero Maybe she has. after this? I just, I don't that's, know. That's <clears throat> what I'm wondering, but I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> so it's just really cool to see her also growing with Picard. You know, I think that she's got, of course, her own resentment against humanity and she says to Picard, like, this place is a lot easier for someone who looks like you and not me, you know? And I'm just like, ugh. Literally, like, this whole season is really talking, like, so Pain. political and painful. Um, yeah. And so real about 2024. And I'm like, oh, it's yeah. It's coming up, folks. It, it's, <laughs> it's completely understandable. And I totally respect her for wanting to get away and be out of here, you know? And I think that. I understand why Picard is urging her not to because he knows her future, but from my perspective, if I were Guinan meeting this random man for the first time, I would be like, let me do my thing. Like, I'm sad and I need to, like, get away from this, you know? And that's totally fair. Like, she can do that if she needs to. Yeah, I also think it's great that she is able to see 
like the goodness of what humans can be like she really yeah. understands like how awful they are and i think because she it seems like she's been here for a while and she's been yeah. like trying to make it work trying to make it work and just hasn't and so i think like yes picard is from the future so he's just he's like an evolved human yeah, um true but i think it's yeah, I think it's good to see through his eyes. It's, it reminds yes. me of like when Discovery meets people in the future who are so hardened. You know, Picard yeah. is bringing this, and and the whole crew is bringing this optimism back to her that yes. she's been missing for a long time. And honestly, so right. that Star Trek to me right now, like I need some effing optimism in our future. Yeah. So that things are gonna get better because Guinan, as she says, it's not fast enough, and yeah. it's you know. So yeah, I just think this is so important and. It's really cool that she gets to have this, these moments of confusion and pain because, not cool, but, like, it's it's important for her story and to understand the, the time that they're in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In our time that we're in. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm just so blessed that we get to see her in this season one more time. Yeah. Let's say it again, Rihanna. You should cross your fingers for next yep. season. <laughs> we see Please. some more guidance. That'd be so cool. <laughs> I'd love to see her interact with the other TNG crew members oh my god i would i'm pass out i mean like her in oh. anyone yeah oh my god i'm gonna die in season three because even even thinking about will wheaton now i get like yeah i'm like passing out again Weak in like, the knees oh. <laughs> <laughs> of amazingness yeah absolutely well you know who makes me weak in the knees sometimes is rafi <laughs> rafi <laughs> Okay, can I just say, Rafi is someone who I love from the beginning, even with her, like, hardened edges and stuff, and I think she gets a lot of hate from people because she's, as literally Michelle Hurd said, perfectly imperfect. Like, bro, this is amazing that we get a character like Rafi, and I love her introduction in The End is the Beginning, it's really interesting to see too the flashback yes like 14 years earlier and her now it's so cool that they did that because seeing rafi in her starfleet uniform she's just seems lighter you know and doesn't have this like horrible weight of guilt and grief on her shoulders i love this flashback and i agree that she just seems so in control and so Mm -hmm. like proud to be in starfleet which is not someone that we see for the entire rest of the show. Like, she's so different. And also, I just have to shout out to all the haters because I remember when this episode premiered and she was calling Picard JL. Every single one of you hated it. Literally, (laughs) everyone. And now, everyone calls him JL. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I just, again, the effects of, like, multiple viewings definitely um, are taking place now. But... I, again, I didn't really like Rafi when the show started. I think also she's a tough character for me because she definitely is an alcohol addict and Mm -hmm. we have addicts in our family Mm. and I just, it's really hard for me to see them portrayed on screen because it brings up so much for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I think especially like the scene where Rafi is reuniting with her son and her son just doesn't want anything to do with her. Um, we talked about this extensively on our family series, but it's worth bringing up that she, you know, she has all the stereotypical, like, addict lines, like, oh, I've changed, I'm clean yeah. now, mm-hmm. I want what's best for us, you know, and he, it's things that he's heard a million times, and so he doesn't yeah. believe her, even though this exactly. time, like, I don't know, she, I don't think she's really changed, but I think, like, 
she loves him and yeah that's... And she's working towards that change you know exactly yeah and so i hope we get to see some sort of arc for her and her son and i mean she met her daughter-in-law um yeah. who was pregnant at the time and so i just hope for like that aspect of her life she gets some resolution but yeah, give us more gabe please yes yeah. please um and so i yeah, I, I feel like she's changed so much as a character throughout these two seasons of Picard, and so it yeah. is really interesting to see that she's not going back to that Starfleet woman that she was in the flashback, but she's going mm-hmm. somewhere new and better. Yes. Oh, beautiful, Ashlyn. I agree. I think she makes incredible strides for herself in these episodes, and we see her have, you know, a bit of backslides or times when she, like, really wants to order alcohol from the replicator but her past self had locked her out of it or whatever and so we see that like she has her moments of weakness and struggles but pushes through them and also helps rios through his own really difficult time and this is an episode i like in broken pieces i love that she is like turns on mama rafi you know like she really wants to get to the bottom of why rios is locked himself in his cabin and like once he saw soji and so um she's piecing everything together through these rios pieces of hologram and Rizos pisos <laughs> <laughs> wow that was a good one Ashley. oh my god um i just i think she is so calm and patient with rios wouldn't they finally have a human on human talk and at first you know she calms him she's like hey I'm here if you need me, like, can I come in? And he's like, no, I want to be alone. And she respects that. And I think that going through her own times of struggling mentally, she really gets where Rios is coming from and understands when you need your space. And, like, Rios had just helped her the other day after her failed, like, trying to reunite with Gabe. And so it's cool to see her then, the, the reverse, you know, where now she's helping him through this time where he's recalling all of these horrible things and and in the meantime also figuring out that she was right all along that the Romulans did instigate the attack on Mars and this isn't talked about a lot in the show but like in the book she literally like that was one of the other reasons that people were like starting to not believe her and why she was getting distanced from her family was because they were like your crazy theories you're like fixating on this and it's tearing us apart and she was right and so this sort of like bitter vindication is oh it's it's tough to watch but it's also beautiful and it reminds me just how unendingly curious Rafi is and once again we're talking about these women who are always seeking more information and I think it's so cool because even in the first episode where we see her she's like looking at Bruce Maddox's file and looking up you know like where he could be and finding out free cloud and all of this stuff and i just love that even though she's like no f-u-j-l like get out of my life first she's like okay i'll look into it and then she's like okay i'm hitching a ride you know it's just her curiosity is the best for her and her desire to see gabe so yeah, yeah absolutely and thank you for bringing that up rihanna because i actually totally forgot about that plot point that she was so obsessed with the cause yeah. of almost said the burn lol the cause yeah. of the destruction of mars and why yeah. the synths did what they did and that was something i think like completely fed her addiction is that she is addicted to this idea of like figuring out what went wrong and yeah like i think she felt like i'm sure after she was released from starfleet like 
if I can just solve this problem, then I'm going to be let back into the life that I had, not realizing that it was really her that destroyed that life, you know? And it wasn't Picard, and she blames Picard, even Mm -hmm. though, like, yeah, it sucks that she she was fired because of him, but, Mm -hmm. like, I'm sure that, you know, wasn't the only reason. Um, Mm, I mean, I don't know. I think, like, maybe, because I think at that point she was starting to question things about the Mars attack when people were trying just to, like, move on and they're banning synths and all of this crazy stuff. So, I don't know. I think that, like, this is once again Picard not reaching out to people, but you're right, Rafi doesn't understand and is really hurt by this because Rafi has no one else to reach out to and... You know, I think, obviously, friendship goes two ways. Like, you have to reach out as well, and I don't know if Rafi did either. You know, like, both of them were in the wrong in this, and it's so cool to see them start to knit their friendship back together, especially, like, we don't get a lot of Picard and Rafi times in season two, but we do see that, like, they're, of course, really good friends again, and Rafi is building herself into this new person, and I love that. I love that journey for her. I do too. And I just really love Rafi. And I really love Michelle Hurd. And I'm not talking about my mom, even though I do love my mom, Michelle Hurd. Yes. Um, Michelle is such a fantastic actor. And I feel like she really has a huge, like, dynamic range for Rafi. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Just to see her transformation, especially when she's trying to build this relationship with Seven in season Mm -hmm. two. Rafi's forced to address a lot going on inside of her and I think that's so important to do with anyone when they're entering into a relationship or while they're in a relationship or before they enter in a relationship totally just like you have to figure out what's going on inside of you and understand like what kind of baggage you're bringing to your your life you know absolutely and I think Rafi's someone who hides her baggage away and doesn't deal with it and drinks to get over it and you know pushes it away that finally she's and like it's it's coming back to the surface a lot of her past mistakes and she has to deal with it so yeah i i love all of her like therapy sessions that she has with seven in between Same. the drama <laughs> of them fighting the board queen and them running yeah. around la i think it's really important for rafi because she understands like oh my gosh i do manipulate people and she's never had that realization before absolutely and i think also for all of this for rafi stems from a fear of losing control i think that's why she pushed so hard to figure out mars why she was so determined because partially she wanted to get back to that life but also she wanted to say like at least i can control something in my life i can figure this out and um same with elnor you know she didn't want to be alone and wanted to control his life of joining starfleet and all of that and like also i think wanted to keep the people that she now has close You know, I think that was also a huge thing for her. And the fact that she loses Elnor so soon in the second season is horrible. And I think it's incredible that she can go on at all because I could barely go on. And, you know, I didn't get to spend as much time with Elnor as Rafi did. And I think that Rafi has sort of adopted him pseudo-ly, you know, pseudo-adoption into her little family. Again, we're seeing that queer found family trope, which is one of my favorites of all time and it's beautiful what they're building and so to have it to be cut short you know in this beginning of the season is devastating and I think it's really hard for her she's seeing him everywhere and she's 
grieving while they're doing this crazy back in time adventure so shout out to Rafi for being like the strongest most badass character agreed and i'm also glad that she's able to deal with her feelings as they come up too because i think she could easily fall into that trap of doing what she's always done which is shoving those emotions down and not dealing with them but like the world the whole world is at stake and so like Mm -hmm. if she doesn't come at this problem with a clear head it's not going to work and so i'm glad that when she's sad she cries you know yes yeah and and she gets real with seven and this is something that like i'm really happy like you were saying we got they get to have these talks both when they're in the chateau and when they're looking for agnes slash borgotti i hear people are calling her yeah i love Um, though yeah so yeah i think that like this is as good a time as ever to talk about. Seven of Nine, of course, she is amazing in every way and, like, one of the best additions to Picard. And I think one of the things that helped keep it afloat in its bad times, you know, was having a familiar face who, of course, Picard was there, but, like, a different version of Picard. And Seven, of course, is very different from Voyager, but has same principles and she's a lot more closed off, a lot less trusting, for sure. But, like... She's still so noble, and, like, all the stuff she learned from Janeway is, like, clear and present to me. Absolutely. Well, and I think the two biggest reasons that she's not as open as she was, well, there's, like, maybe five, ten reasons. Um, Yeah. But I think some of the biggest ones that are jumping out to me is that, of course, when she was newly released from the Borg, she was kind of like a kid, you know, like, trying to understand human culture and trying to understand like what's right what's wrong Mm -hmm. not only morally but just like how do you interact with other human beings and other other aliens um social cues and things like that so that's one reason and then also we learn and this is some like fantastic and tragic knowledge that we learn about Mm -hmm. seven is that she tried to join starfleet once voyager returned Mm -hmm. to earth and they wouldn't allow it because she was part borg and Janeway threatened to resign and Seven essentially just revoked her um, application to Starfleet and said, okay, never mind. And that's when she joined the Rangers. So yeah. first of all, like huge betrayal on Starfleet, like an huge a industry that raised her and, yeah. you know, an organization that she really trusts and love, like to have that, like betray her like that is especially after all voyager's logs and like clear history and it's so janeway backing her crazy it's just like further examples of xenophobia you know like i know it's the borg but like jesus you know it's what hugh says you know that like borg are not accepted in society because they're still seen as monsters yeah exactly not Um, victims it's awful and so then i think her whole relationship with Bejazel, which is talked mm-hmm. about in the first season, just seems incredibly traumatic. And yeah. like, again, like she seems like she's really being used and tricked by Bejazel the entire time. So this totally. whole theme of Picard is all the women are being used. Yeah. And uh, of course we have that tragic scene. I don't even, I, I like refuse oh, to watch God. it. Anytime we have to Same. watch Free Cloud for. Stardust um, City Rag. Or yeah. start, oh my gosh, yeah. Star, Stardust City Rag for a podcast. I skip the scene because it's too painful for me. And that's when mm-hmm. Seven loses Egypt. It's, it's too, awful. it's awful. And so I think yeah. Seven is really changed by these like big events. And so. For sure. But what's so amazing and beautiful about season two with Seven is that she is 
really having a glow up because she doesn't have to be a Borg in, you know, Mm -hmm. when she goes to the crazy future, um, (laughs) the imperialistic future, she doesn't have her implant and she's the president of Earth. Yeah. And then when she goes back in time, she still doesn't have that implant until the very end when Borgatti heals her. But anyway. Yeah. um, (laughs) And so I think she really gets to just be a human and just be free in this episode and or in this this season. I mean, free as you can in imperialistic nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. But even when she's back in time, she and Rocky says it at one point. She's like, I love seeing her free. And Seven even notices like people normally don't like me. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's because they're judging her because she has the implant and I just I uh I just love this exploration we get of 7 because it's something I never would have thought about or expected to get in Picard. Yes, absolutely. And the fact that we're getting so much history, it's it's amazing. I also love that right when they're thrown into this Nazi future, she just gets to work getting everyone together and she like immediately calls Rios, she gets Agnes and then of course gets Picard and Rafi together and yeah I think like she is really starting to work through her commitment issues and her trust issues after Bajazel in season two and part of that is you know her release from her Borg implants and not having to sort of deal with that on top of it but her getting to talk with Rafi and getting to say like hey I'm more than my Borg self you know because Rafi's like think like a Borg blah 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 and that really hurts her and I'm so glad that she's able to just say that this is seven for you you know she's absolute candor all the way and she will tell you and I think it's just amazing though to see her advocating for herself more and saying when she's uncomfortable with things and also uh our mom said this when we talked about her on the finale I'm just gonna jump ahead real quick and like her getting to sit down in the captain's chair was mom said it looked like she just sighed in relief you know like she's like finally I'm here where I'm supposed to be and that's exactly how it looked yes I oh I just love this arc and like really Picard is making me love seven of nine as one of my favorite Star Trek characters now which is such a surprise I think the other thing I was so surprised about is that like we've known seven for so long and we know the like trauma she's gone through Mm -hmm. and yet she is just so powerful in season yeah. two and she's so in control and so decisive and mm-hmm. we have not seen this in le- i mean we see this like in astrometrics or like when she's on yeah. her duty assignments you know or she's on an away totally. mission she's like i got this i yeah. like know what my thing is but she's efficient yeah, yeah we've <laughs> never seen her like this in real life with other people like in a society yeah. you know and yeah. so it's beautiful to see and also like kind of sad to see that she's more emotionally stable than Rafi. Yeah. You know, it's and interesting for sure. I know yeah. Rafi is going through everything with Elnor and that's particularly mm-hmm. painful. So I can't, I'm not yeah. judging her at all. No. I'm just saying it's like really, it's crazy to see like of all of the like people on Picard that seven is the most grounded oh my gosh it really shows so much of the growth and work she's been doing for herself but also like I think her work with the rangers is similar to the Quatma a lot where they are these hopeless causes and desperate causes that Starfleet won't do because it's not on their borders and she is sort of you know vigilante-esque and that is a scary job that is something that I think would be really hard you know similar kind of painful to the Quatmilot's lost cause um devotion so it's just really amazing that adds to her beauty is like now she's adding all of her like efficiency that she always had in Voyager into these incredible causes yeah 
Man, once again, these humanitarian efforts. <laughs> inspiring. I, I have a um, Fenris Rangers um, little pin thing I got from Mission Chicago. So I'm like, I can just press it and Seven will be here. Yes. <laughs> See, and I think when I think about the Rangers, I think, take my love, take my take land. My land. <laughs> <laughs> so Firefly, you Amazing. know. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like out on the borders. Doing protecting things this, the government the little people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, so cool. Um, yeah, this is literally Seven's glow up, is working through her stuff with Rafi, and we get the glorious kiss at the end, finally. But I gotta say, I'm still mad that, like, they haven't defined their relationship. Seven was like, let it breathe, and then the scene just, like, went away. I was like, wait, but no, I want to know. Like, I'm like, Rafi, like, can we define this, please? (laughs) I also didn't really like how the camera, like, kind of flitted between different shots during the kiss. And I'm like, bro, just... Just show it. Show them kissing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Literally... I was like a little grumpy because it was it took us so long to get there and half the time people didn't even know that they were in a romantic relationship and so I think because it wasn't defined for them either because of all of their baggage and so I'm glad they got this time to go back in time and work through it. Yes, me too. Well, and also because we're addressing the finale, I want to quickly bring up two characters that were introduced this season that like are incredibly life-changing and you know in these ways of like helping the future become the future that it is for Starfleet is both Teresa and Talon like holy moly these women Talon is a watcher she's incredible she's like looks like Laris but she's not Laris and has devoted her whole life to Renee Picard and I also want to shout out Renee Picard I wish she was in more of this season she was like such a cool actor and such a cool character but anyway like I just I think Talon's sacrifice in the finale was beautiful heartbreaking gorgeous stunning um and the fact that she got to talk to Renee she was like low-key in love with her you know because I mean if you watch someone grow up and you literally devote your whole life to taking care of them and making sure they're safe like of course you're gonna love them and seeing that and seeing her sacrifice herself for that and getting to see the rocket launch and like know that she protected her that was just so magical for me so moving again 10 out of 10 no complaints yeah i well i guess i still have some complaints oh yeah um so does that mean that laris laris is a watcher of picard lol no i don't think okay, so. so she just happens to look like laris it makes no sense to me they okay. just wanted to bring an act that actor into the I past. Mean, i'm sure it's her ancestor and i guess like now laris doesn't work for assignment earth (laughs) i'm just saying yeah gary seven would never like laris goes above and beyond oh gary seven would never do that for anyone no way he stopped a rocket (laughs) he did the opposite no um oh my god yeah i just think this is the most incredible sacrifice and wow kudos also again fantastic acting unbelievable i was like oh i was weeping (laughs) oh my gosh same and Briefly, I want to also mention Teresa and the episode Assimilation because this is her first episode and probably my favorite of the the stuff that she's in. She gets a really great amount of, of time in this season and I think that she's just brilliant. Like, I love her character. I love that, again, another woman who is pretty much absolute candor, hilarious, um, also just like an amazing mom. I just love how, like many layers she has you know she's also literally running this clinic and protects undocumented 
people every single day. And that is like, again, talking about these women working on the ground, helping people that the government has neglected. Yes. Yeah. She was someone I loved from the very beginning. And I remember like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's been 10 weeks of new Picard episodes and I mm-hmm. I can't believe this is the first Thursday we're not getting uh, Picard. Crazy. At least we're getting Strange yeah. New Worlds. But um, so many people have talked about that Rio seems like he's going to stay back in time mm-hmm. because, mostly because there's no way Teresa would ever leave her clinic. And that's something that's yeah. been like a staple among all the Trekkies. Like we fight about so many things and yet yeah. everyone knows that Teresa's going to stay with the clinic. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happens. And I think it's so, so, so important to recognize that like sometimes when you see like a situation in front of you you're like oh my gosh I have to seize the day and I I have to stay in this reality and deal with all the hard parts and so I think um obviously like Rios already liked being back in time but Mm -hmm. even though he was captured by ice he still liked it (laughs) which I'm like question mark but okay that's crazy the cigars are good (laughs) yeah uh but yeah the cigars and also he's kind of falling in love and I I really love her character Mm -hmm. um Teresa is amazing her son like saves the earth we learn the coolest (laughs) kid ever oh my god so like theoretically he should already be born right so we should be like right now looking for eight-year-olds who are like really good with science who can like maybe like cure our (laughs) ocean and like help the ozone is there anyone out there (laughs) uh but Yeah. yeah hats off to Teresa I think she's fantastic and I also love that she doesn't fall into the like random time traveling earth lady that they meet yeah. because there's so many of those and sometimes they do end up coming and joining starfleet we never see them again um sometimes yeah. we leave them back in time but i feel like Teresa really joined the cast for this season and we know from the last scene with Whoopi goldberg again guinan says that they really made an amazing difference in the planet and rios died in a bar fight which just sounds you right know you know like wild <laughs> i mean I, I don't know i feel like they'd have better medicine and his literal wife's a doctor but whatever i i said you know sometimes you gotta fight it out yeah i guess so well and the other thing too is like i i do love the chemistry between rios and Teresa. i think they're both like so dynamic and the scenes where they're together in assimilation is just so fantastic so much chemistry yeah there's so many good character moments in season two like i think that's where it shines really well is like these like one-on-one times yeah it's it's so weird to talk about the finale and not talk about like the crazy at all oh my god Um, (laughs) but you know like we're gonna touch on it friends um in upcoming series we now have season two completely to be discussed on any series upcoming so that's the fun of watching or the way that we do this podcast is you know we i i do love that we get to hop on other people's podcasts and talk about mm-hmm. new episodes that is same. a great outlet for me because i need to talk about them same um, yeah but i also just love our format so much and that that's what makes us like different from a lot of other star trek podcasts is that we get yeah. to discuss and kind of tease you with certain yeah. parts of certain <laughs> episodes <laughs> yeah sorry no talking about the rest of the finale but Oh my gosh, Ashlyn, I had a blast getting to talk feminism with you today. And like we said, we will be delaying next week. So just like hold tight, you know, we will we will be back talking about Lower Decks, which is going to be just so much fun. I'm excited to dive into 
season two especially since we haven't talked much of that so yeah me too i also am excited to continue we should have a uh, patreon drop this week as well yes Um, and i'm very excited to continue with those because we are starting season two right now and there's been so much controversy over the casting of robert april and strange new worlds yeah and i don't even remember the animated series episodes yeah it's the The finale incident yeah Yeah. so i'm excited to keep pushing towards that finale with you rihanna and our discussions on the patreon which are so much fun we have we have so many patrons now so thank you to everybody who has been donating to our podcast and who regularly donates we really appreciate you and we hope you love our exclusive reviews of that animated series i just want to end that by saying like you can cast whoever you want and it doesn't matter their race (laughs) thank you yes ashlyn well said (laughs) yeah Anyway, so yeah, Rihanna, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I'm so excited to talk soon about like the rest of these animated episodes that we have in the feminism series. And then as we said in the beginning, we're doing pilot series of Strange New Worlds. And then finally, 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 we will be starting Death Fakeouts. So lots of exciting stuff coming. Thanks for hanging in there with us, folks. And we can't wait to talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next time for the 10th episode of our feminism series, where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss the amazing women in Lower Decks. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr and TikTok, and especially our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating any amount per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive reviews of Lower Decks, the animated series, a review of Galaxy Quest, and Star Trek trivia. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, and movies. If you haven't heard a particular series yet, please go back and listen to any of these great episodes. Social Media and Marketing by Rihanna Hurd and me, Ashlyn Gelman. Editing is done by Ashlyn Gelman and Rihanna Hurd. Our intro and our outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. A good episode. Archie, <laughs> you have so much time until dinner. You have so much time, bud.